You're listening to the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health podcast series from the Digital Health Council, where we aim to support healthcare innovation by disseminating knowledge of expert leaders at the Royal Society of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Marla Morkin. Welcome to another episode of the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health podcast series from the Digital Health Council. We were so lucky this episode because we were talking with Justin Haid-West, who is the UK pharmaceutical manager at Bupa. And we were talking about what the future of digitally enhanced therapeutics is going to look like and how we can really give that ownership of the data to the patients to be able to enhance and self-manage their own care. And we talk a little bit about his background and how he's gone through the Chief Pharmaceutical Officer's Clinical Fellow Scheme and has been frontline working as a pharmacist too. And so I think this is a really interesting discussion that we have to see how really we can utilize data and different apps, different wearables and different types of remote monitoring to really improve patient care. So enjoy. So we're delighted today to be joined by Justin Haid-West on the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health Podcast. I will let Justin introduce himself, um, but please, Justin, please tell us a little bit more about you and your background and what's brought you here today. Hi, Marla. So, yes, hi. My name's Justin, um, and my background is clinically, I'm, I'm a pharmacist, so I worked in the NHS for several years um, before starting my current role. And I specialised in, firstly, in patient safety, which was a completely new area for pharmacists at the time, and it was really exciting. And uh, it, it, it really um, enhanced my, my understanding of how we can use data to improve patient care, hence, hence my, one of my reasons for being on, on the podcast. And I also learned quite a lot about surgery, so I specialised in surgery during my, my hospital career. And then along the way, I qualified as, as a prescriber. And so I had a really interesting time working in pain clinics as a prescriber. And as it happens, I, I also had the chance to use data to, in a very manual way, to understand the outcomes of my patients and uh, really look at what, what the value was to having a pharmacist in that particular kind of provider. And then I moved on. So I worked as a national clinical fellow Mm -hmm. uh, with the Faculty of Medical Leadership and Management and that allowed me to do a national level project around data. So we looked at individual level prescribing data for, for individual patients and we were able to identify high-risk prescribing across across the UK and target those particular areas. For our, for our listeners that um, might be new to this space, I wonder if you can kind of give a, like a high-level summary of kind of how care has changed in, 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 as we've increased our data insights and our data knowledge. How has it actually impacted the patient? It's essential for improving patient safety. So one of the things we've learned is that the transition between different areas of care is really high risk for patients. So when they go from being in a GP surgery to being in a hospital, for example, there's the issue of understanding what, what medicine were they taking um, and ensuring that all of that data from the, the GP practice is transferred over to the hospital. We've also had the increase in electronic prescribing in hospitals. So previously it was paper-based and you would have to go up physically and find the records that the patient had in order to understand their treatment journey. And now we have an electronic record, we can just have a look um, 
quite easily of what happened in A&E and what happened on the various wards before they, they come to you. And I think the final thing is the, um, the increase in linking together different data resources, which has allowed us to really un understand the outcomes our patients are getting and try to improve patient care in a, in a data-driven way. That's super interesting. And I suppose, like, I, I um, we first connected because I was actually watching some of you, your YouTube video where, you, where you're talking <laughs> about the future of medicines and it's super interesting. And I wonder if you could share a tiny bit about where you think digitally enhanced, you know, therapeutics and all of these things can kind of come in the future. Where do you see that, um, that being possible? With my current role, I do a lot of horizon scanning and looking at what's coming up for us in terms of the future of medicine. And in terms of the digitally enhanced medicine, which I think may just be an emerging uh, field, there are three main areas. So we've got medicines which are associated to an app, and those apps can either connect a patient to a community who are also using that particular medicine. So if they have cancer, for example, a really good support network, or it may allow them to record what's happening with them for their um, healthcare professional in order to uh, enhance their, their care. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is associating a medicine with a, a wearable. Mm -hmm. so, so that is a, a, a real game changer where we can look at people long term and understand their changing physical status based on the well, the information that they're getting from their, from their wearable and that can be aggregated and transmitted to providers as well and then the third area which I think is actually only just coming and actually has probably been enhanced by the, the recent COVID events is remote testing so some medicines require say blood test in order to ensure that the patient is being treated appropriately and there are now some wireless solutions where you can simply have a finger prick test in your home and that will allow you to, to have your, your monitoring seamlessly at home without having to go in for extensive testing in, in hospital settings. So those are three real game um, changing. I mean, that's so changing. interesting, right? So we've got, let, so we'll go through it. So we've got your apps that we're really enhancing, you know, patients to be able to self-manage their own, their own care with their own treatments. And you've got the, the wearables, which are giving the data insights and driving that. And then we're talking about being able to remotely do this, this testing to be able to enhance the medications that we're on. I think the three things there is going to, you know, together, that is, that is the dream team right like that is everything we really need to to really push forward patient care and I wonder if you um if you could kind of expand on you know especially in COVID times has there been anything that you've that you have um, noticed that you know uh, the world is is coming together and and trying to produce some technologies have you noticed any really cool uses of technology to 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 solve any of these problems we're talking about well one thing I've seen is it's around skin cancer mm -hmm. so I tend to be quite involved in the oncology area and within skin cancer there's the option of um, home testing for skin for certain types of skin cancer so what you would do or what these companies are actually doing already which, which is very amazing is they will post you a phone with an attachment on it on it and that would allow you to check for example a mole that you're very concerned about the mole is scanned this is assessed by an AI 
and then that provides a diagnosis. It can be also, if it's borderline, it can be checked by a, a human consultant as well. <laughs> but often, up until that point, you are entirely relying on technology to give you a diagnosis. They found that this technology is actually as good as um, the, the diagnosis with a human. Mm -hmm. And um, so you could, you could potentially have your diagnosis done entirely from the comfort of your own home. You may have to, uh, in the times of COVID, go in with social distancing to, um, to you know, receive your, your diagnosis and uh, understand the next steps. But then you could go back home with a pill and have your remote monitoring at home. And that, that's it. That's, that's, your, that's your journey. And what what an incredibly improved patient journey these and really enhances home home situation. I want to change tax for it for a for a second if possible because I know we're really interested in you know both of us we talked before about how um, innovation coming within the UK and from the uh, from the NHS and onwards can be really really revolutionary right and and i want to hear more about the the clinical fellow scheme that you were on um the the chief pharmaceutical officers uh, officers clinical fellow scheme i think that for um for people listening i think it'd be really interesting to hear how we promote leadership um, and innovation in this kind in digital health and, and onwards um in healthcare settings if you could tell us a little bit more about the scheme and how you got involved and you know um if you have any tips for anyone that's thinking about trying to skill up in those arenas I found out about it because it, it just so happened someone who I had trained with when I was working earlier in my career and I was wondering how did they manage to get we're supposed to be at the same level in our career <laughs> and so I reached out to them and I realized actually they'd done this fellowship scheme they've been working for um, uh, NHS England I believe at the time and so they they had a national view on what was happening in the world and they had also made all the connections with some really exciting people in, in the pharmacy world. And um, I thought, well, I need to try and do that for myself. So I, I, I applied. It's, it's a scheme that you apply for every year. There are not many um, places. So there are currently, I believe, nine places at the moment. So you, Very competitive. you, you apply for them. Yeah, it, it, it's quite competitive at the time. When I um, joined, there were nine of us. So we've, they've actually expanded since I've, I've um, hadn't done my time there. It was a really, um, it's a one-year fellowship, and it was a really great opportunity to get involved with the people who are leading the NHS around healthcare. And you can work in a variety of areas. So NHS Digital, for example, NHS England, NHS Improvement. And all of those um, national bodies do work together, so you get some exposure to to different bodies as well. And I was working at Bupa, um, which is a, a a great area to to work in as well. So it's um, it's a private healthcare organisation, but still connected at a national level, and work, you'll be working at a national level in terms of what you're um, aiming to achieve. 
And, and so that's super interesting because I wonder, did you notice a difference at all from, from your experience working, you know, frontline as a, um, as a prescriber and then going into this leadership positions? Do you find that, um, like, did you notice things that maybe you didn't think you'd notice? Were there any realizations there that maybe you thought, oh, didn't think that this is how things worked behind the scenes? Yes, definitely. So when I was working as a frontline pharmacist, I didn't really know what was happening, even a few levels above me in, in hospital, let alone at a national level. And also in terms of the, the future planning, I wanted connected to, to what might happen to the, the NHS, for example, in the next few years. So something like the, the five-year forward view was something that I had vaguely heard about, but I had no idea of any of the, the real detail. And I think that when you're working on the front line, you can get very bogged down in the day-to-day. -day. You're treating patients. You're just trying to get people through the front door and, and out, out again to make sure that they're, they're well and healthy. But you don't think about the, the long-term things that you can do or about the, the wider population that you're treating. So you might treat someone in front of you, but if we if we modified our care slightly, then we might be able to treat a lot more people in a lot more of an efficient way. And you need, a, you need some perspective in order to do that. And that's one thing the fellowship gives you, it's, it's a lot of perspective. And, and do you think now, with, with all of this experience that you've had working, you know, frontline, working within NHS, uh, um, NHS schemes, working at Bupa, you know, you've got a big picture and you've done a lot of um, really interesting things. Do you think now you can see where maybe the roadblocks have been for, for adapting some of these digital technologies? We were talking before about the apps, the wearables, the data. Is it is that at the patient end that things aren't being adopted? Is it at the service provider end? Or is it maybe somewhere in the middle where the, the, the clinicians and the healthcare providers don't really know what to do with it? I mean, where do you see the roadblocks happening? So I think the real roadblock is that the patient doesn't currently own their data. So they give permission for their data to be shared between a number of providers. But if the patient could own their data and their data would move with them through their different healthcare parts of their healthcare journey, that would be really beneficial to allow all of these apps to link together or all of these different settings to share data more easily and um, improve the patient experience. So for example, you might have someone who in their GP surgery has to, you know, fill out their, their, their demographics. Then they move to A&E, for example. They do the same thing. And then the, the two pools of data are not connected. Whereas if you could link those, da those data sources together, it becomes a lot more powerful. And you get the benefit of aggregation. And aggregation is the, the real thing that, that drives the, the um, power of data. Exactly, exactly. And that's it, right? Giving the patients the tools to be able to equip themselves to self-manage. That's exactly what we need to be doing, right? To be able to own their data, take that data with them and utilize it to improve their healthcare. Because at the end of the day, right, you don't want this data being lost with, you know, in a whole bunch of, you know, we're just collecting data for the sake of it. What is the use of it and how are we going to drive it forward? I think that's a super interesting point. Okay, so let's think, um, if there is a patient, let's say a cancer patient, because we were discussing that earlier. Um, 
and we want to give them ownership of their own data. How practically could that actually look? I mean, are we talking like the, the, the patient gets a, a login to an NHS portal or is it like they have an app? You know, how could, how could we practically put these learnings that we've talked about into practice? Do you have any ideas? So I think patients currently are very familiar with apps and I think that's the ideal way to engage with them. Mm-hmm. So in this imaginary scenario which which could happen in the near future i would i would ideally see a patient being able to access their patient record through an app and also give permissions through that app and so that would allow them to receive for example remote care they would have all their data being pushed through the into the app so they could have their monitoring remotely done Mm -hmm. and they would also be able to link this to any digitally enhanced apps or wearables or other items that they're using with their particular medicine in order to personalize it for them. That is the exact feature that, you know, we we're all hoping for here is that, you know, something that really integrates all of these different components would just be fantastic. I mean, like it was absolutely lovely chatting with you today. I am really interested to see um, how things move forward in this space. And I think that um, your unique perspective of this um, from you know from the from the pharma, pharmacist point of view has been really interesting here today so so thank you so much for your time um and i, I really appreciate it and i look forward to speaking again soon So thanks so much for listening to this episode with Justin Hayde West. I really enjoyed recording it and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it too. If you would like to hear any more information about the Royal Society of Medicine's Digital Health Council or want to come down to any of our events, then the link is in the bio and um, please feel free to reach out as well if you'd like any more information. Thanks so much.